Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's your boy Stevie Jobber. And it's your boy Dangerous Duke. And welcome back to the Dangerous Jobbers podcast, putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. Uh, I want to start this off right. We don't got too much news, but we do have a lot to talk about. And the perfect way to start is always with the wrestler of the pod. All right. So the wrestler of the pod this week is kind of an outside wrestler of the pod. We're going to go a little outside the norms here. Um, I'm going to describe some things and I'm going to have you take a crack at who the wrestler of the pod is. All right. So the wrestler of the pod, this man has been somewhat in the wrestling world for a little bit now. David Arquette. Maybe. And no, he just debuted for maybe it's one time only, maybe it's not, but he just debuted as a new character on a show. And he is in some way, shape or form affiliated with the Dangerous Jobbers podcast. Freddie Prince Jr. No. No, no, we don't know Freddie Prince, Prince Jr. Jr. We don't know Freddie Prince Jr. So the wrestler of the pod this week is the one and only Lucha Bobby. Now, Lucha you, guys, ba- oh, now no. if you don't know who <laughs> Lucha Bobby is. This is Bobby Rassels of the All About Wrestling podcast. Bobby Rassels recently made a bet with his co-host, the lovely Mi Amor, and he lost his end of the bet. So in turn, like the gentleman and scholar that he is, he had to record an episode of the All About Wrestling podcast in a luchador mask. That is Thus hilarious. naming him Lucha Bobby. Oh, goodness. That is his unofficial name, and he is the unofficial wrestler of the pod. So congratulations <laughs> to the one and only Lucha Bobby from the All About Wrestling podcast. Oh, you man. Ha- you have made it to the big time, good sir. <laughs> oh, that's great. That is great. So that is our that is our first, I guess we can call him the, like the celebrity edition to the wrestler. Celebrity, of the, pod. the celebrity wing has been open. We have now opened the celebrity wing of the wrestler of the podcast. That is hilarious. And Bobby Rassels has become the inaugural inductee. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. <laughs> as soon as he said Lucha Bobby, I, I had already <laughs> it was like I, he already knew something was afoot. <laughs> oh man. All right. Yeah, but we, we got we got us some news to get into this week, man. Um, where do you want to kick it off at this week? I just want to knock out some little things. Um one of them, both of them really being New Japan news and Bullet Club news. Okay. Uh, as a result of the most recent New Japan event, um, the two big things we came away with is that there's a new member of Bullet Club and there's been a returning mm-hmm. face within Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. The returning face introduced by Jay White was Kenta who 
who has come back just in time for Forbidden Door. That's and a surprise. It, it, it is surprising and it's saddening because now I feel like there's only one match to give him when there was possibly two options. I feel like the only thing right to do now that Kenta is back in full effect is to have Kenta go at it with Daniel Bryan. I would agree. You know, knee for knee. I, I need my I need my pound of flesh while you ripped off my move. Mm-hmm. You know, at first I thought, ah, oh, he could get punk. I mean, I was excited to see Tanahashi, but Kenton Punk, really good line, you know, but we'll get into what happened with that later. But Kenta's back in full effect, and I have a new uh, favorite, not my most favorite, but a new favorite Bullet Club member because there's so many. I have a new favorite Bullet Club member along with uh, Bone Soldier and Tomatonga. Uh, I have a new favorite, former X Division champion, Ace Austin, has joined the Bullet Club. It's crazy. Um, as crazy as that is, he showed up and and you know he has the uh he's like Gambit, that's like his gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um he showed up with the spades card with his regular ace Austin card, with an ace card. Um and it had Bullet Club under the symbol. He is officially Bullet Club. Uh he came out, he did the whole, he did the picture and everything and had that iconic moment. Um, and it makes me really happy. We need, it, it makes me want to make like a second line, uh, a second string. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like this is going to sound insulting, but I promise you it's not like a, like a JV version <laughs> of the bullet. Club. Oh my. Like a, like a second level. We, we do JV bullet club now. See, it sounds bad when you say when you say JV, but I mean like a like a second line. Like you know, your first yeah. line is 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 obviously Switchblade, Jay White, um, the Guns, uh, Anderson and Gallows, uh, and, and probably Fale. Probably Fale. I feel like you have enough members now to really make a good. A second team, not yeah, like kinda, not like Wolfpack, but like you know, like the guys behind the guys, you know. Yeah, like you like when they had Kenny and Adam and Marty and yes, all those guys. Yes. Now I feel like with Bone Soldier, uh, with Ace, with Kenta, you can kind of start like they get two, they get another good tag team. Because uh, who else just recently joined? Uh, they they still got uh Chris Bay, Chris Bay, and uh, there was another somebody that just joined. Didn't was it Finley's kid or yeah yeah was it Juice? Uh, was it uh, Juice, Juice Robinson? Juice Robinson and Juice yeah. Robinson is a great second. You know what I mean? That's a great second uh second line. Mm-hmm. The five of them. That's a that's a killer second level. I'm not uh, gonna lie that the Ace Austin thing. On first glance, it surprises me. Um, I, not somebody I would have expected. He does fit. 
but it's not somebody I would have expected. Um, I thought they would have just got one person from Impact and called it a day. Mm. Um, but it does fit. You know, he's got the, he's kind of like Marty in a way, Marty Skrull. Uh, yes. So he does, he, he yes. does fit the bill of Bullet Club. So and, on a second glance, it works. I got it because I immediately understood. It, it made something apparent to me in that this feels like Jay White really taking the ball. Mm-hmm. Like now that he's grown on us, now that we can really consider him a main eventer. Yeah. Now that he's kind of checked all the boxes for us and we believe him as the leader of Bullet Club, it seems like now he's really going out of his way to bring forth his next generation of Bullet Club that's really yeah. his own. Yeah, I, I think it. Good. No, I was going nah, to say basically the Kenny Omega playbook. Exactly. Now that he's now that he's running and he's creating this level of people, I feel like it started with Chris Bay, um, Juice Robinson after that, and now with Ace Austin, he's kind of creating a more, uh, more characters for Bullet Club that you can love that aren't just beat them up people we need more people with yes they're good but they're also very charismatic like the bucks i agree and when you pick people like bay like juice like um like ace austin that talk really well that have a great look about them that are kind of the same um motor city machine guns but also strong style kind of flashy Mm -hmm. Um, kind of flashy attitude. Exactly. It puts them in a really good space. So that's my that's my little indie news is the is the returning face and the new addition to the Bullet Club. Got you. Um, before we jump into this AEW and WWE news, I want to bring up something that potentially we have no idea what kind of news it is because we don't know how to. We don't know how to describe it. Um, so Bray Wyatt is back, and he's, well, back in a sense of teasing people again. Um, his new name is Wyatt Six, at least on Twitter. And he's saying, he, he's basically being cryptic, saying the time is almost here. It's going to be soon. And he's using a lot of sixes. Mm-hmm. Now, many people are speculating that that implies June 6th. So with that being said, do you think I just I just want to get your opinion on it because June 6th is today as we're releasing it, releasing yeah. the podcast. Yeah. So do you think by any chance he pops up on Raw or do you think it's just him being cryptic and it means something else? Um I'm fantasy booking. Um, what's the, what's, what's Edge's match tonight? Um, it is the Judgment Day versus Liv, Finn, and AJ. Um, I hope it is tomorrow. I hope they end this thing where it's at with the Bullet Club people Mm -hmm. and Liv. Because they're clearly there to put them over. Um, so I don't want to drag this out too long. Mm-hmm. But I hope that Bray's debut will be him working with Edge. 
what I could see is now, I don't know if this is going to happen because as we're recording, it's before Hell in the Cell. Yes. So we have no so clue. If, if I'm booking it and, well, basically if we're booking it and we want Bray to be with Judgment Day, I would have him arrive at Hell in the Cell, mm-hmm. be completely covered up, help mm-hmm. Edge and Judgment Day win, and then still be covered up and everything. And then on Monday, which is today, I would have Edge bring out this masked person still covered up and everything. And it's not The Fiend, but it's actually Bray Wyatt. I dig it. Back to basics. Because if we, yeah, because if if that's what we're gonna do, we don't need the fiend character. I mean, we can we can yeah. treat the fiend character kind of like Finn treating the demon. Like we only bring him out for special occasions. Exactly. Like, you you could just do that with him. Yeah. We're at yeah, the stage. I, where, I, I dig that. Yeah. And and at, them taking off the Wyatt and just calling him Bray is kind of ooh. like a reinvention that's still staying the same. If it is yeah. just gonna be Bray. Um because they're known to do that now. And I think Bray has creatively put himself in a space where Vince can be like, oh yeah, give him a one namer. Mm-hmm. We can, you know what I mean? So but I, I mean, think, go ahead. I was going to, I was going to say, as long as they're still calling him Bray. Yeah. That's, that's fine. I mean, you can even call him Wyatt for all we care. It just keep his name somewhat the same. Don't change it from Bray Wyatt to, yeah. To Gustafson or, or yeah. Ru- Rudolph Some or something. Dumb shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't bring him back and be like, "This is Firefly." No, the fuck, it's not. Uh, no, <laughs> we don't. We don't. No, it's not. The only fire, the only Firefly we want back is the TV show. <laughs> yeah, man. But I, I hope he comes back. I hope he comes back to work with Edge or against him, because I think those two creatively um, can really take a story wherever it needs to go, and we know Edge is willing to take it anywhere. You know, I, what I agree. Mean? And with Edge I, working more to that dark side now, like mm-hmm. I thought Edge was good when he crawled out of hell and had a beard, you know. <laughs> so, so seeing seeing it come full circle with Edge being the Undertaker now, <laughs> and Bray coming back and working with Edge, they could really take it to a, a crazy place. Yeah, they definitely could. So I think with that, uh, you want to jump into AEW next. Um, because what else do they have? Um, do we do do we do the rest of WWE or do we or do we wait until after the AEW stuff? What's more important is what we should ask um, ourselves. We could do the WWE stuff next because next? that because yeah we we could do it right now because that's kind of that kind of led us right into WWE anyway. Okay, um, so. I'll let you uh I'll let you take the reins on WWE and we can go from there. Okay. Um so the first thing was a, a sad riddle promo we had this week. Mm-hmm. Basically saying that Randy's out hurt. They made a big deal out of the beatdown that happened after the Usos won the the uh the other tag titles and became undisputed when they beat down Randy and kind of really put a hurt on him and uh, apparently worked him off of TV. Riddle came Riddle came on uh, open the show, I think, and just tell us how bad Randy's back has been doing and 
Um, yeah. Just just given like a heartbreaking promo about mm-hmm. how much Randy has done for him and how much it means to him and how Randy was already kind of going through some stuff beforehand, but yeah. knew how important it was that they have that match together. Um, I, I think that's kind of, I think a little bit was Riddle peeling back the onion. Like, I think he, I think everything he said was genuine, like about him being hurt and actually wrestling while he was hurt. But I also think he's, I think he was serious in everything he was saying about Randy, just by the facial expressions, the mannerisms, the body language, unless he's just a really talented actor. Um, but yeah, I, I believe everything that he said was genuine about Randy helping him, uh, showing him stuff like in the business and out mm-hmm. and, and actually wrestling while injured when, when he shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he I think he really meant it. I think he was showing some he was kind of speaking to how um big of a mentor Randy actually is mm-hmm. and giving us that second layer, which is always nice to hear. Um, yeah. good Randy's always the best Randy to hear about. Um <laughs> <laughs> nobody nobody wants to hear about bad Randy. Nobody wants to hear about bad Randy. And it, it gave Riddle a kind of humanism that I think will help push them up the card, hopefully, as they move into this Riddle versus the Bloodline story. Yeah. So that was really good. How do you feel about your guy being out? Um, they're definitely going to miss him. Um, they're they're going to miss him in more ways than one. Um, I think it's going to be tough for, obviously, the tag division with him and Riddle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, if you had plans to do Riddle versus... Roman eventually for the title and then have Randy come in after. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of puts a hinder on things unless, you know, they're saying it's more serious than what it is, mm-hmm. which I don't believe. Um, it puts a hinder on their. It definitely puts a hinder on their booking for, for more than one reason. Yeah. I think unless it's pure story, which I don't think it is. I think it, I think it's a little bit of a, a little bit of story and a little bit of reality, but mm-hmm. if it's purely for story, then I just hope they, they know like what they're doing and that this isn't a super long-term thing. Yeah. But I would hope that Randy is having some back trouble. Um, and it's not necessarily a surgery that's needed, but he needs some time off to heal. And they gave him a month and said, they'll work it into a story so he can have some time. Yeah. Come back when he's ready. And have a place to go right from the jump. That's what I'm hoping it is. But however long amount of time it is, I think it they really did what they were supposed to do. Um, and the vehicle, what the vehicle I think in the beginning was for is to get Riddle over. Mm-hmm. And I think um, with that promo afterwards, they definitely did their job. Randy had to have a great moment in his career tagging with riddle it's probably one of his mm. best tag teams and i would say i would agree and it did the job of getting riddle to the next level mm-hmm. so it, it, it benefited all parties it got randy more tv time it got riddle over the team itself got over absolutely like, really quick within like two three weeks mm. so it, it it served its purpose for all parties and that's a, a rarity that happens now with the with the company mm. And 
um, other other news um, that we have to potentially deal with. Hell in a Cell tonight, as we're watching this, I don't think they took it off the card. Um, so the match should still be happening, but Seth versus Cody three, yes, will be tonight in a Hell in a Cell, and there was where the Cody might have potentially been hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's working hurt, hopefully he's not working um, too hurt, and hopefully they've maneuvered the match to kind of compensate for that yeah um and i'm sure somebody had to talk cody out of doing certain things because cody's not a cody's kind of a go for broke guy when it comes to especially since this feels like the end of the of the rivalry yeah so basically what they're saying is cody's been working injured for about a week or two now Mm -hmm. and um they just had a live event i think it was maybe two days ago or so, and he was advertised for the live event, but he was then replaced by Drew McIntyre. But he's still on the card. He's still, his match is still happening. And the rumor mills is they're swirling that he's wrestling this match with a torn peck. Yeah. Of, a of, torn of, all, peck. of all injuries. Yeah. Holy crap. That is not the injury I wanted to hear. Yeah, it's it's on multiple sites with the the Wrestling Observer with Dave Meltzer, um, what's the other guy, Sean Sean Ross Sapp. Like they're all they're all basically saying the same thing that it it's possibly a torn pec and he's still gonna wrestle the match with the torn pec. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they don't put him too much at risk in this match. Tough son of a bitch. Um, no, chops. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, no no chops, and I'm not gonna lie. It, scares me a little bit that he's in there with Seth mm. because Moment you gotta remember you Moment gotta remember Seth has that like not nothing against Seth to, you know yeah. but he's got that history where he, he can get a little reckless at times and you see you've seen it with Cena you've seen it with Sting you've seen it with himself um so hopefully the match goes as smooth as it possibly can they still have a decent quality match and Cody's able to get out and heal up quick and yeah. get out relatively unscathed. Or you know what? This is Hell in the Cell. What comes after this? Money in the bank? Um, I would think so, because that's normally in July. Right. So I would hope that... I mean... If it's really a torn pack... See, here's the thing. Yeah, how long are you going to be out from a torn pack? You're usually out a long time with a torn peck, at least so, six months. So here's my thing. If it really is a torn peck and they really have to do something about that, because he can't just keep coming out every night torn peck. Yeah. And wrestling like that, you know, the medical team should not be allowing him to do that. So if this is his last one and he really does have a torn peck and he's just going to work through it, for the betterment of the story, this is the one that Seth should win. They should have Seth win so they can write Cody off TV mm-hmm. after the loss because it is in a hell in a cell. Yeah. They can easily come up with a reason for him to need a peck surgery or to be off TV after the loss. And, and I, w- I would say they don't even have to say it's for peck surgery. Like, they can just have... 
they can have Seth win the match and then after the match just like attack just beat him down. over and over, yeah, like just beat curb down, stomp after curb yes. stomp, and then keep him out and hopefully he heals up in time for the rumble. Exactly. And then you, you just can bring do, him back in the rumble. Or what you can do, I don't know if they've changed what the money in the bank is for officially, but mm-hmm. if it's still the same money in the bank, you could probably have Seth win the money in the bank. Um, and then you can launch a story when Cody comes back, either winning the Royal Rumble or coming back at the Rumble or costing Seth the money in the bank or wrestling Seth for the money in the bank to kind of tie back that spot. But you can push Seth up the card mm-hmm. so that when Cody comes back, he's still in that close to main event spot. So he doesn't yeah. really lose any momentum coming back from that surgery. But that's if he is wrestling with the torn pack, which hopefully he's not. Um, I believe that's it. it. And the very last thing for WWE, and then we'll move on to the AEW stuff, which is kind of big because double or nothing just happened, is a couple of weeks ago, Naomi and Sasha Banks walked out putting their women's tag titles uh, on the desk and believing they weren't being respected as champions and at the level of talent they were, they walked out after Mm -hmm. realizing that they had nothing for the women's tag division and they were going to be used to job to the other champions. They announced that they were going to have a women's tag tournament and the news has just came out about yesterday or the day before. That uh, they, the day before yesterday. The day before yesterday. That they've essentially scrapped all plans for the women's tag title tournament. And with that, we arrive at the rant of the week. All right. So who's taking this rant? Is it going to be you or is it going to be me? Um. You got you got the first rant. I'll I'll okay. take this one. Okay. Um, and then we'll we'll let we'll hand it to you for AW news. Okay, so let me just get this straight. So we publicly shamed two people for walking out after you said that they were unprofessional after you had nothing for their women's tag division. You promised them WrestleMania storylines, big money storylines, scrapped them, made them become the women's tag champions, had nothing for them. So they walked out and now you're scrapping the women's tag championships because you have nothing for them. I mean, Someone just explain to me what's going on. Because it seems to me like the way you talked about them on TV is now put you in a really weird position. Because for you to want them to suck it up after making promises that you'll make their spots matter. After you put titles on them and they did what champions do, which is want to level up the title 
and make it important like the champion should. You had nothing for them after trying to be champions and be what a champion is supposed to be. You, when they walked out, you disgraced them on TV publicly and saying that they're, they're, uh, uh, they're, they're putting a bad reputation on the titles and on the staff and um, how disrespectful it is to walk out and how they've disrespected their peers and blah, 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 blah. Now you have no plans for the women's titles because you don't care about that title division. You don't care about that women's tag division, which was their whole point in the first place. So now you, you look dumb because now you don't have women's tag champions, but you also look like hypocrites. Because if you tell me they thought we weren't treating their titles right and they were being uppity and they were wrong, well, what am I supposed to think when you don't have anything for the women's tag division? Like, it, it puts a really bad... It puts a really bad spotlight for one on the women's division because what are the people in the women's tag division supposed to think? Mm-hmm. And number two, you don't even have a women's division for them to feel like, what am I doing in a women's tag division? <laughs> exactly. You're not wrong. So what are the people would like, like, this is what I'm saying for the people that were brought up for the people that stayed in their spot, for the people that were told when they asked what creative had for them, we're going to stick you in the women's tag division and see how it works out because we don't have anything in singles for you right now. Mm -hmm. And you as the talent already know because you've been here long enough, they don't really have a women's tag division. So you're in a division that doesn't exist. Pretty much. They have champs, but the division doesn't exist. What is that superstar supposed to think now when they're kind of tag team that really isn't a tag team and a division that really isn't a division supposed to think when the champs leave and they're like, oh, maybe this is the moment to bring it together. And they're told we have nothing for you again. Exactly. You feel like, what am I doing here? You feel like y'all badmouth the champs on TV for not having nothing for us and you don't have anything for us. How am I supposed to feel? Do I really even want the belts? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what am I? Mm -hmm. Because what is my destiny to just job to the singles champions like they were about to do? Pretty much. I mean, you look ridiculous. How is this the women division that's, that's flailing, that's drowning? and the pool of the mega four that y'all keep in rotation, how are they supposed to feel now knowing you have nothing for really either of the divisions? Y'all just kind of throwing all the same people at them because you don't really have anything. And how is Naomi and Sasha supposed to feel even though they live in a best life? Mm -hmm. How are they supposed to feel when you ask them to come back? Because you are going to ask them to come back. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, it, it just feels ridiculous. 
And you you already know that they're going to WWE themselves is going to have to sweep it under the rug. Absolutely. When, when they do come back, because they're not going to want to make them address it. If it was anybody else, let's say, I don't know, let's say, and let's say it was an Elias who did this or a Sami Zayn who did this, somebody who's a big enough name, but not to the level of Sasha Banks and Naomi. Right. They would have brought them back, possibly, if they did bring them back, they would have made them address it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not making Sasha and Naomi address that one because of the stature of their names already. Absolutely. And if it was just Naomi by herself, then maybe you could have made her address it. But you attached her with Sasha Banks. And now she's not going for that. Now her and Sasha are even with the WWE as far as like my name goes because you absolutely put us together. You did it to her. You did it to me. You did it to the both of us. They're gonna agree with the both of us. Mm-hmm. So now, if you do bring them back. You really can't address it. And and quite honestly, a bigger issue that management is going to have as far as bringing them back the right way is that they're not just going to bend to your will. No. Wrestling is is in the biggest place it's ever been as far as popularity. Mm -hmm. And they honestly are so big, they don't really need you. No. Sasha's been in Star Wars you know what I mean? She's got famous relatives. She's established. She's one of the best women's champions you've had for the little bit of time that y'all have let her hold belts. She can go anywhere she would like. And Naomi's in the Simone dynasty, which was, kind of I, is its own past to go I was, anywhere. I was going to say she's in the Samoan dynasty and she's remained one of the most underutilized talents in the women's super division that they had super underutilized super underutilized she could build a division if she wanted to yeah she could she, she could, could she could she be could done today sasha could go to aw naomi could sit at home if she wanted to or she could wait for a call from anybody she could take a, a low job and be like i'll just build rebuild tna's knockout division she yeah she i was gonna say she could she could do a ruby soho Athena type of move. Like, yep. you know, as soon as you let me go, everybody's going to, everybody's Everybody. going to a phone call. I'm going to do a world tour. Like, it's, it's just a matter of picking my favorite destination at this point. Right. Watch me mess around and show up next to Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, she, she could literally do anything. She could, she could go to Japan if she wanted to. I mean, that, that would be an odd destination. Odd. But she, she could do it. Like, she it could work. Yeah, you could take her to Impact, rebuild Impact's knockout division. Exactly. She could go to AEW, her feuding with Cardigill. Woo. Fire. Take her anywhere. I think the only place she probably wouldn't fit is GCW. Yeah, just nowhere hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I get what you're saying. She could she could literally have her pick of promotions at this point. And she's so athletic, she could go to Japan if she wanted to. Yep. And I'm sure she's got friends that will be willing to put give her a good name anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She's so embedded in wrestling, period. Yeah, because it's not like she's a bad worker. She's one of the better female talent uh, wrestling-wise that is on the roster. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So they have to, they're going to have to do it a certain way that is kind of absolving them of all sin. Mm-hmm which really they're not guilty of anyway. Yeah. 
Um, but the the bigger problem is until they come back, what are you doing with the women's division? Because I I don't know if the commentary team, if I'm Vince, I don't know that I'm having the commentary team even bring up that we don't have plans for it. I I wouldn't blame I not wouldn't blame, but I wouldn't be surprised if Vince one day just had on the card these two and these two fight for the women's tag titles tonight. I would And that's it. Like that's just it. You didn't hear anything about the tournament. They don't say anything about the past champs. They don't have a build up to the match. They just have these two and these two tag titles tonight. And you're like, "Oh shit, I forgot there was a women's tag division." You know what? I'm I'm going to I'm going to potentially book this real quick. Um I would have kept the as much as the tournament was a pain in the ass to even think about, it was already, they already said that they were going to do it. So you got to make the best of it. Right. Mm-hmm. My way of making the best of it is you'd take Natty and uh, Shayna. You take Dewdrop and Nikki Ash. Dana Brooke and um, Tamina, because they're doing a thing right now. Just, just hear me out. And then, you pull up, and then you pull up a team from NXT. You still do the four-team tournament, but your finals, you have Tamina and Dana Brooke, and then you have the team from NXT. Let's say Casey Catanzaro and her partner. And you have them fight in the finals for the tournament. And it's a win-win there because on one side, you have a legitimate tag team. And if they win, you have an actual tag team as your women's tag champions. No, you know, you know what I would be doing? I would have them have, see, this is the problem because you know what I was about to say? I was about to say you could have, at this point, the women's division in NXT 2.0 is so much better, mm-hmm. which is a wild statement for me giving props to NXT 2.0. They've been surprisingly getting all of their talent over pretty easily, mm-hmm. which is very weird to say. Um, but they could honestly, I was going to say, they could honestly just have um, Toxic Attraction unify their tag titles and just keep them in NXT. Because at this point, the NXT women's division is so thorough that it would rather be there because you don't even know what you're doing with your women's division on the main roster right now. Yeah, you could do that too. So just rid the tag titles since you're unifying everything Mm -hmm. and have Toxic Attraction unify the belts. Because uh, Gigi Dolan, um, and I can't remember her tag partner's name, but those two are doing great as NXT women's tag champs. They are. So just have them unify it so you got them on solid champions. And then you don't have to worry about having a women's tag division on the main roster anymore. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah, I mean, that that could work too. Because at this point, it like it's clear that this was just something that you intended to have for somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. This they're just kind of losing interest in everything that wasn't Vince's idea. Pretty much. And since the women's tag titles weren't Vince's idea, I he doesn't really care. 
No. That's where yeah. I'm at with it at this point. So, so I think uh, I think with that, that means we can jump into AEW now, correct? Yeah, I think we've we've said everything there is to say. We've we've killed the women's tag title thing enough. All right, so we potentially have, well, not potentially because they announced it. They have the CM Punk injury. So if you guys haven't seen, CM Punk recently won the AEW world title at the recent pay-per-view. And now he had to relinquish the title due to injury. Um, I believe it's a foot injury, if I'm not mistaken, and he's going to be out for a significant amount of time. And their response to this was a lot of steps to figure out a new world champion. So first things first is John Moxley is already the number one contender. Apparently I didn't even know he was ranked number one. So Moxley's got his number one contender spot already locked. Now they're going to have a battle Royal to figure out who fights Moxley to be the number one contender. So it's going to be number one contender versus whoever wins a battle Royal to become number one contender for one side. And then you have Tanahashi versus Guido for the other number one contender spot. That's going to be Tanahashi. And then those two number one contenders are going to be battling for an interim AEW world heavyweight title. And then when Punk comes back, Punk will automatically get the match versus the interim AEW champion. Okay, so it's Moxley versus whoever wins the Battle Royal. Yep. Versus whoever wins Tanahashi and Ito. Mm-hmm. They battle for the interim, and then when Punk comes back, they fight for the role. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Okay. It's Got a it. lot. It's a it's a lot of steps. I I think there could have been a much easier way to do this because. Okay. I wouldn't have even. No, but I I get it because you got to do the the forbidden door thing. Yeah, but I would have just, what I would have did, I would have just did the Battle Royal. I would have just called the Battle Royal, and then the winner of the Battle Royal fights Tanahashi. Yeah. I, I see what Tony's trying to do, though. Um, yours makes more sense, but I see what Tony's trying to do. It, it he, He's just I, taking... I, I'm sure it feels better if you feel like you immediately reacted, but it also feels good that whoever wins the interim title feels like they earned it Mm -hmm. for the fans and possibly for them as well. So if I go through this guy and then go through this guy and have two amazing matches, because that's what Tony's going to ask of them. I'm sure. Yeah. It's just really make the matches as best you can. Um, Because it's gotta be a replacement for the letdown of losing CM Punk. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it feels better if like I went through this guy and I went through this guy or I beat all these people, then beat this guy, then beat this guy. You know, it's going to feel like a real road. Um, and it'll feel better as the fans to see somebody really work to be champion rather than them just put it on the last guy. You know what I mean? Or put it yeah. on somebody that won the battle royal. So I, I see what he's trying to do. Yeah, I just think he's taking too many steps to get to the same destination. Mm-hmm. 
like you i i get you got to fill a card but yeah you're filling a card with like one two three four matches just to get to the same destination when you could have did it in two because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they're they're all taking place the same night yeah oh so it's like a king of the ring yeah, oh, well, it, now I feel differently about this. I agree with you, but at the same time, now I feel a little different about it because that we haven't gotten anything like the King of the Ring in a while since, or since the King of the Ring, I should say. Yeah, so like where they have it all in one night instead of like tournaments, leading, oh, like oh, old since school nineties. Right, like old school 90s, like there's brackets and you really work your way up to winning. Um, I actually feel like that might be cooler because now you can kind of tell an overarching story through the night. Like I would have whoever wins the Battle Royal win, but I would have them get like semi-injured second match and just pull it away. So now you're working with this already beat down injury and your third match of the night for the chip and you're got a real underdog thing that you can work over that sounds like a way better night if you're watching start to finish on the pay-per-view yeah i i i don't know man it's it's just i guess it's just me personally i i feel like you didn't need to take 18 million steps to get to to get to the spot you needed to get no no reason to, to walk three blocks when you could have got there by walking one block mm-hmm. i agree that it, it takes away some potentially great matches of just fantasy booking which probably would have been really good for the card at this point yeah but that's that that's just my opinion i mean who knows hopefully it turns out good because as long as it's entertaining you know then yeah I'll... who's your who's your final four for the battle royal um, my final four, I'm going to go Wardlow. I'm going to go Cole. I'm going to go O'Reilly. And, uh, let's say, let's go Hangman. Okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. You know what's crazy? I was thinking of a bunch of names and never once thought Hangman. That is so sad. Um, just, just because he was the, <laughs> just because he was the last champion. Right. So I, I got Wardlow. We both had Wardlow first. I, I was thinking Wardlow, um, Adam Cole, uh, Hook, and uh, I guess since you said Hangman, I'll say Hangman. Okay, so we really only got one difference then. Yeah. Because you, you got Hook and I got, uh, and I got O'Reilly. Yeah, Cole should definitely be in there. Um, I feel like Hook because he gets a lot of merch sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to make Hook look really strong. So having Hook in a situation where he can be with Wardlow, Adam Cole, and Hangman is a really good spot for Hook, even if he's probably like the first one to go out after that. But then the question becomes, who... Who beats Tana? Like, do you think they give? I don't think they give Tanahashi the AEW title. No, I don't think so. so. You would have to have you would have to have Moxley or whoever wins the battle royal versus one of the greatest wrestlers in the world right now, Tanahashi. Tanahashi. And I would have to. I I would think Moxley have to to beat whoever wins the Rumble. 
Moxley has to be whoever wins the Rumble. Because now you've oh now you've really put this into perspective. Wardlow is not ready to go one on one with Tanahashi. <laughs> He's not like we love Wardlow, but bro, you Tanahashi's a whole different ball. Hangman Page, and I really I've really come to understand this after like somebody really breaking it down for me. Hangman Page is not in a position to beat Tanahashi. I have zero no. confidence points in him beating Tanahashi at all. Um, Hangman Page doesn't even know who he is. <laughs> he, he's not ready to be champ. He's just not. Um, Cole. Cole's Cole, just I too love new. Adam. Adam. Hook, definitely not. Um, and Adam, it's, I love Adam, but... <sighs> you can't give I him can't the edge believe, on, on Tanahashi. I can't believe him beating Tanahashi. And then on my side with O'Reilly, it's a great technical match, but I, I don't easily even, still easily Tanahashi. Tanahashi. So where Adam, it would have to be Mox. Ooh. It would have to be Moxley. Yeah, you know what I'm doing, dog. You know what I'm gonna do. Damn. So the AEW, <laughs> the AEW World Title would then go to the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, yeah. They're going to start combat club, dude. They're going to start collecting all the belts because Wheeler Yuta still has the open weight title. Right? I love Wheeler Yuta. He is open weight champion. Damn. So they're going to have a lot of champions now. You're going to have to put uh, Moxley in that. Uh, not Moxley. You're going to have to put Danielson in that uh, TNT division. Damn. Because now I'm really thinking about it. And I don't have anybody besides Joe. But Joe's already got a strap. Could maybe we get Kenny back? That's the only thing I see happening. That's the only logical thing. That's you the only to, logical person I could see winning. You gotta hope and pray over Kenny Tanahashi is 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 Omega. I mean, the unless unless they have a New Japan style of match where Moxley's just crazy, because then you can see him like edging it out by like the skin of his teeth. Yeah, I could see Moxley beating Tanahashi, but. Not really anybody else. Like the only other person I could say is Danielson, but I want Danielson and Kenta. Um, I'm trying to think of the other big names. It's not going to be Jericho. Can't no. be Jericho. Um, man, MJF's doing his thing with Tony right MJ, now. Yeah, MJF is doing his thing with Tony. Um, Joe's doing his. Joe's in the storyline already. Cole's not ready yet. Yeah. So it's gonna happen. He's like it's the only he's, yeah, he's like the only one. And Mox oh, is the, wait, what about Darby? Darby versus Tanahashi? That Darby's getting most, his ass kicked the whole match, but he might pull it out. Kids got heart. I mean, I I wouldn't be upset with the match, but damn, that is like an outside the box to pick. Yeah, but I mean, think about it. I don't know if I don't know if you feel this way, but I've been feeling for a couple months now that Darby has achieved everything he can possibly achieve without another belt. Yeah. So it's time to strap him up again. And he he's, needs he's to get some sort of belt, too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. He's still in I his say, 20s, definitely. I was gonna say he's gotta be in like his mid-20s. Yeah. So at this point, he's been he's so over. That like he doesn't need a belt, but at this point, if you're trying to do something with him story-wise that doesn't feel like you're just putting him in a place, you have to put a belt on him. 
Yeah, he, yeah, he's in his late 20s. So he's and, still in his 20s. And he's liable for any belt you want. So he can win. Mm-hmm. He can beat Tanahashi because at this point, Darby Allen is one of the most over faces they have. He's a pillar. Mm-hmm. He's a pillar. He's already a better to me. He proved that against CM Punk. Yeah. So now he's just like dwindling and whatever you have for him. Put a strap on the guy. Because he's way better than Scorpio Sky. So where else do you have for him but the main event? Okay. Give Darby the push. Because I feel like he deserves it way more than Hangman. I feel like I can yeah. definitely trust Darby to hold the belt more than Hangman. It'll be Darby's first world title. It'll be super mm-hmm. big. He'll beat Tanihashi, which will be even bigger. And then uh, when Punk comes back, you get Darby versus Punk too which is Punk's very first match, full circle for Punk, writes itself. Not not bad booking. Not not bad booking, if I don't say so myself. And then Darby can... um, Darby can have a a kind of a a mind game with CM Punk about how it's breakable. Yeah. And Darby can just run videos of him doing insane stunts and getting right back up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you just can't cut it, old man. Face it, you're breakable. He he shows the clip of a uh, punk messing up the hurricane runner from the top turn <laughs> Right, just just I can see that that could really work, man. That could really work. Done right. They could do it. They they could do it. I don't know, but uh, we we gotta wait and see. It's gonna be good. We'll, they'll figure yeah. out something. I, I trust Tony. Um. Yeah, I trust Tony too with a lot of things. Um. I don't know if I'm trusting them with, with this though because. They just had the pipe bomb of the year, of the 2020s, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and technically, their first official pipe bomb. Yes. So MJF went off on AEW, on the guys in the back, mm-hmm. on Tony Khan himself, just ripping them a whole new one the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Now, this actually broke the internet. This, this broke the wrestling community because everybody it had everybody buzzing. Everybody was talking about it. Oh, I went crazy. Yeah, I didn't get to see it live, unfortunately. I saw the replay of it. I got your reaction before I even seen it, and then I watched it. On first glance of me watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is my opinion. I'm like, yeah, this is a work. This is easily a work. But then I rewatched it. A second time, and then a third time, you, and then a fourth you. time, and I'm I'm still under the impression it's a work, but it was a damn good work. But listen, he, listen, he did great for that being the first pipe bomb they did. They knocked it out of the park. I said it at the start of this podcast. I'm saying it now. It's been like two years, a year, two years. Uh, are we going on our third year? I'm not really sure. Of what, podcasting? Yeah. We're going on our second year. We're going on our second year? Yeah. I'm saying it now. One of the best heels in the business. He is He is so good. So if this is a work, this was an excellent chef's kiss. Perfect job of blurring perfect, the perfect lines. Perfect execution of blurring the lines and really getting the story over um, without crossing the line. Like you, you know, like there's a line, 
as yeah. far as like fourth wall breaking. Mm-hmm. But then there's a line of like, all right, that was a lot. Um, and he perfectly blurred the line to be right there where he crossed the the fourth wall line, but not into this ridiculous place. Exactly. Um, so if it is a work, then excellent job. If this was a shoot, even better. Yeah, if, if this was a shoot, I will say I commend him for staying in character while he was shooting. That's it. Because, because that's, that, it. That's, that's literally what you and me talked. That was literally what I said to you. I was like, I believe this is a work because he's still in his character. He's still using his MJF vocab. That's but, what makes it so amazing. Exactly. But if it's a shoot, if it, if it was just a straight up shoot, then I commend him even more for staying in character because if you're shooting, you're just going straight from the hip. Like when Miz did his shoot on um, Talking Smack mm-hmm. and he went off script and started talking about how he was the best IC champ. Mm-hmm. You could which, tell he which, was arguably. You could tell he was going off script because he was just rambling and then he was just putting it together as he went along. Yeah. MJF managed to stay in character. Miz didn't stay in character. Miz actually that was actually Mike talking. No, yeah, he got pissed. Yeah. So for MJF to stay in his character and be him while he was shooting, quote unquote, if that was a legit shoot, mm. yo, that man, get that man a fucking medal. Get, even, get him a medal. It's even better if he was if he was shooting because he was in character the whole time and he was just vague enough not to really step on anybody's toes to, mm-hmm. to the point where he burned a bridge. Yeah. He like put he himself in a perfect position to, at, even if he really was angry and he really wanted more money or he really wanted to get fired or he really wanted to play both sides, he cut this shoot, if it was a shoot, so well that he could still stay in AEW if he wanted to and still go yeah. to WWE if he wanted to because he didn't really step on anybody's toes, but he still went off. How massive yeah, of a talker do he, you have to be? He didn't Joey Styles the situation. He 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 did what he did the right way. Somehow he didn't blow up any bridges while no. blowing up bridges. Like it's, I, the, it's the, the worst the worst thing he did was was say fucking fire me and called Tony a mark. Exactly. Which Tony is? To, and Which Tony's he is. Oh, he's Which openly he he's openly admitted he's a mark. But that's fine. That time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would want my uh, boss to be one. Yeah, like this is your work. We're, we're, we're all marks at a certain time. I'm pretty sure everybody listening to the podcast is a mark for a certain, a certain talent or a certain individual. Mm. So this is just it's masterful if he did that. But I don't want to take away from and and again, this is what this is why he's the best heel in the business because not only did he shoot this amazing shoot or work promo, but he made sure. To, to to do something very important, which is not leave a guy high and dry. Yeah. Because had he came in Wednesday and did that and not showed up a double or nothing, it wouldn't be the same reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. He, he, he timed all that. Everything he did, he timed off masterfully. So... I have no, I, I have no quarrels with the way he went about it. 
and the fact that the fact that he was able to come in and still get Wardlow over mm-hmm. um, immensely, immensely, totally which, sold for him, did everything he was supposed to do and did it perfectly. Yeah, which in and of itself wasn't going to be that hard to do anyway. Just because, not at all, but it, just because you spent the weeks prior getting him over very well. Yeah, but the fact that you followed through, like mm-hmm. you knew the disappointment that would be going through. Um, not only your peers, but the the wrestlers that were waiting for this moment. Y'all spent years building this up. Mm-hmm. So to really skip out on the climax for your own personal um for your own personal case is like really upsetting. So yeah, he, he was able to keep the fans and do his job for his peer and still come out that week and make a case for himself, not stepping on any toes. So really still somehow keeping the issue only between him and Tony. Mm -hmm. So if it's a, if it's a work, great job. If it's a shoot, even better. Yeah. Cause that, this whole feud is a feather in the cap, not just for Wardlow and MJF, but everybody who was a part of it. Mm -hmm. Talking about Sean Spears and FTR. Everybody that had a hand somewhere in this with Wardlow, top notch. Yep. Down to like Punk and Jericho. Mm-hmm. Like, because the the Wardlow project was a success. I mean, it would it it still would have been a success, but it wouldn't have been wouldn't as have much felt, of a success. Yeah, it wouldn't have felt as good. Yeah. But it they they've done a good job. So now MJF, it benefited him over the moon. Wardlow benefited him over the moon. Sean Spears, it benefited him. FTR, them. Punk, they, everybody involved, it benefited them. Yeah, and 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 to Wardlow, uh, I have to say because you definitely listen to this podcast. Absolutely. Now that you have this ball and this like early Batista momentum, please run with it. Please fucking yeah, don't, run with it. Please don't let them screw this up because you have. You have a feeling about you that people have not felt since Dave Batista. Exactly. And it's crazy to think that WWE actually let this man walk from his tryout. They crazy. crazy. I was just, I'm going to send you the clip. I literally just sent it to a fellow listener, D the toy hunter. And he Wardlow spoke about how they let WWE let him walk and said, go make a name for yourself. You don't have a name just yet. Mm-hmm. you let that man go make a name for himself and right now he's making you guys one of the biggest it. names now all I got is Brown Breaker not the Brown Breaker isn't good but I, I, I put Wardlow over Brown Breaker yeah so Wardlow good sir because we know you listen to this take that <laughs> ball and run through everyone and everything because yes, bro the, road's, the, the road is endless for this man yes sir you gotta go you got to go uh, uh, head first, like a uh, ride back into a controversial comment. You got to oh, just wow. head first into it, man. Um, Don't feed us more of the controversial comment. <laughs> feed us more. Feed us more Wardlow. Feed us more Wardlow. Um, is that is that everything? Yeah, man. That's everything from this week. That was our weekly rundown. So. Now it is the time where we get into these shout outs. Who will take the reins first on this? Good, good sir. All right. Um, I'll kick it off. Let me give you my uh, my figure four. 
That's what I'm going to call it. Because I've been given four shout outs for like pretty consistently. So I'm, I'm going to start calling it the figure four. Um, so my figure four this week, as always, starts with Doghouse Gaming for all your retro gaming needs. Ladies and gentlemen, we were in the multiverse. Um, the last two weeks, Doghouse Gaming has been crossing over into the wrestling world. Um, I, I've been speaking it into existence. The past two weeks at Doghouse Gaming, they have had in-person meet and greets um, with Sergeant Slaughter, Hall of Famer. And mm-hmm. this, this past Saturday, um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Awesome. So, you know, we're crossing into each other's worlds. Please get into this become before it becomes too big to handle. Go to Doghouse Gaming for all your retro gaming needs and um, all your wrestling fandom, apparently. Absolutely. Um, soon enough, it'll be it'll be out of my hands and it'll be it'll be too big to hold. But just remember that you heard it here first uh, when Doghouse Gaming goes big, man. Um, Absolutely. After that, I want to give a shout out to the Media Mix podcast. I want to give a shout out to the to the big homie Alex Kane. We got to have you back on the show. And, yes, sir. Uh, I want to give my last shout out to Wrestling Jeebus. He's uh, been going through some things on Twitter. Um, and he's he's taken a kind of a leave of absence. He's got a lot of stuff going on. So oh, um, if you guys will go to Wrestling Jeebus on Twitter and just um, give him some love and uh, yeah, definitely uh, give him lo- give him some love, give him a follow. He's a real good guy, um, and that'll do it for me. All right, yeah, definitely send your thoughts out to Wrestling Jeebus if you can. Um, my shout outs this week, man, keeping it simple, keeping it light. Uh, first things first, we shouted them out in the beginning. We're going to shout them out at the end. Lucha Bobby, a.k.a. Bobby Rassels, <laughs> and his co-host, the lovely Mi Amor, over at the All About Wrestling podcast. They just had their show, uh, their last episode at the Showboat in Atlantic City, uh, ahead of the GCW show that they're having there. So you might want to go check that out. I called in. Gave some thoughts on some topics. It was a great time. Going to do it again. We'll get Stevie Jobber in there as well to give his thoughts and opinions. Um, They also have a show coming out. I I believe it's in about a week or two. And that leads us right into our next shout out. uh, The Pretty Fake Collector from Instagram and YouTube. She's a friend of the podcast. She listens. And she's been showing us love on Instagram as well. And she's going to be a guest on the All About Wrestling podcast. So we're going to show her some love. And if you haven't checked her out, you should definitely go check her out because who knows? Maybe we might have her on our show one of these days. Uh, And then, you know, we got the wrestling fanatics as always, man. Dita Toy Hunter, Fetch Frequency, AJ the Collecting Legend, man. Great, great people when it comes to wrestling knowledge and wrestling opinions. If you haven't checked them out, I don't know what you're waiting on. Make sure you go check them out on their platforms, Instagram and YouTube. And also, I got a new shout out. Uh, This comes from the live stream that I was just in. But there is a new wrestling promotion that's starting up in the independent scene in the Northeastern Territory around the New England area. And it is called Never Quit Wrestling. Uh, It's going to be run out of uh, the New England, Vermont area. 
Yeah, they're still relatively new. They're literally just started this year. They're gonna have their first show sometime in July. So make sure you show them some love on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, pretty soon they'll have a website up and running, and maybe one one of these days we will have the CEO of Never Quit Wrestling on the show if he would like to be on the show. But go show them some love because they're just starting out and. You got to show love to the new promotions, man. The sky's the limit. This is a booming time for the wrestling industry. And anytime a new promotion gets started, that's always great news. Mm-hmm. But that's all that we got for this week. Stevie Jobber, you got any closing remarks you want to say? Um, I had a hell on the cell because we haven't seen it yet. Um, nobody get hurt, man. Yeah. Yeah, nobody get hurt. Hopefully, everybody gets out unscathed. No hopefully chops. Cody, yeah, no chops, because hopefully hopefully Cody doesn't injure himself any farther than what he already allegedly is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, guys, thank you for tuning in to our episode this week. As always, you know where you can find us. You can, If you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts can be listened to. Make sure you check us out on our website, dangerousjobberswebsite.com. We'll be having articles up there, uh, updated wrestler of the pods, thing, all kinds of things like that. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel as well, Dangerous Jobbers Podcast, because we'll be having videos dropping throughout the week. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it, guys. Thank you for tuning in. As always, make sure you stay up. Make sure you stay blessed. And as always... Saskatchewan.